Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. This episode of Dumpty Dum is sponsored by Easy Fry Oven Chips for those days when cows are more important. Oh, no. Hey up you two and Millie, it's at King Bad Carrier off Twitter here. I think that's about as good as it's going to get for me and the mandolin. This instrument is far too hard and I'm just going to keep it as a piece of art, I think. Bye! Because this is Dumbly Dum, the show about the reality darky drama that is centred on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the herbal lady that is Royfield Brown. With me at the boggy marsh that is... Lucy Freeman. And the most important part of our pasture, folks, is you. Now, today's rendition of Barrett Green was brought to you by King Bag Carrier on a mandolin, no less. Did you hear it? I, You've heard it, haven't you? Of course I have. But it sounds like Bagpuss. I thought he sounded like Captain Corelli's mandolin. <laughs> I'm sure he'd rather sound like Captain Corelli's mandolin. Uh, oh, no. Wasn't Captain Corelli not very good at his mandolin? Well, hmm... He could knock. He could knock out a little bit of a tune, but I, I was drifted. I drifted off, and all of a sudden, I was in uh, the Eastern Aegean in 1943. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was sitting, watching, listening to that man say, uh, "Soggy old cloth cat, uh, tired and a bit loose at the seams, but Emily <laughs> loved him." That's all I can think. That was lovely. Ah, oh, the days of bag pussy. Eh? Yes, that won't make any sense to anyone that wasn't born in 1972. But there we go. Well, I was born in 1968 and it makes sense to me. You oh, mean, okay. We well, you know what I mean. You mean before? Yes. Mm, all right. Cool. Now, Lucy, mm-hmm. can you remind our wonderful, gracious, cuddly listeners, haven't we, the accolade of Dummy Drummer of the Week? Yes. 
Are we being nice to them this morning? That's mm. nice. Normally we're insulting them because they haven't called in. Uh, yes, if you want to loan Kenton some money, confess to pinching Fallon's bunting or sing us a dumpty dum, <laughs> please get in touch either via SpeakPipe on the site or ring 02030313105. Thank you to Derek for the loan of the back bedroom again. Um, Derek thoroughly enjoyed the election. He stood for the naturist party. He didn't do very well because there was a noticeable swing to the left. So it wasn't. Massive swing <laughs> to the right. <laughs> Depends which way you're looking at Derek, really. Ah, yes. yes. Very true. Very true. You know what? Mm-hmm. This week we've got calls. We've got Not Contrary all the way over from Canada land. She's back and she wants to know who's who. Kirsty Dingle, who's a first time caller in a row. And for that, we salute you, Kirsty, who thinks that you, Lucy, are smart because you've nailed Shula. Yokel Bear, who's in the wilds of Wiltshire. He doesn't mention the S word anymore, she's very good. <laughs> and he's got dental issues with a spoon. Me old mucker, me old pal. A bit of the old Walter Gabriel in me there. Um, <laughs> who thinks that Ed needs to please himself and Dusty. My girl Dusty, who's glad about the dressed salmon. Now, Lucy, mm-hmm. before we get to those juicy bits, why don't you tell us about the last seven days in Ambridge? <laughs> Okay. Well, we had a right you are and a hello you too, which was rather jolly. It's always a good week when you get both. Uh, we all got up early to go and listen to the little birdies going cheep, cheep, cheep. Oh, Jimus, if you are serious about courting Auntie Cardboard, your flirtatious chit chat could do with some work whittling on about worms. Why not just show your athlete's foot while you're at it? Uh, mm. Auntie Cardboard, in her turn, is worried about her crack. And it's even worse when it's damp. <laughs> Anusol, love, that's all I'm saying. Robert Snell is slowing down to a sort of robot-like burble now. Is he having a really long, drawn-out stroke of some sort? Should we be calling for medical help? As everyone else seems to be ignoring his transition from Robin Cook into Stephen Hawking. Then we had Rachel from the Environment Agency. Big wet, Rachel. She was actually Pip Archer and Debbie Aldridge morphed together. This is getting ridiculous. Jim has commented on how tall big wet Rachel was. She'd have to be tall, otherwise she'd be wading around up to her gusset in flood water. You derbrain, Jimus. Uh, Rex and Toby, I have realised, are talking sheepdogs. That explains their names, their ability to seemingly be everywhere at once, and their fawning and panting. Uh, one of them told David that his family had a loose connection with the archers. It's a bit harsh calling Elizabeth a loose connection, but rather appropriate, I feel. <laughs> Someone's pinched Fallon's bunting. Harassment is organising a SWAT team to find it, but it's only a matter of time before Joe wanders past wearing it as a sort of thong arrangement. Uh, Ed wants something simple and local, like Ed. Uh, Ed has asked Eddie to be his best man, which is sort of only man in Ed's case. Best of a small and very rubbish group of men, really. Charlie sat in the bull on his tod, celebrating his plaster coming off. He sounds nearly as desperate as Kenton for a party. There was a bit of uncomfortably laboursome flirting with Pip, who has suddenly become mm. an overnight sex pot and is being chased after by one of the Fairbrother brothers. We have discovered that the Fairbrother brothers like playing games with funny-shaped balls. Let's hope someone mentions that to Pip, or she'll get a hell of a shock. We got a lot of grunting and sighing during the shearing, which made me think things were moving on slightly faster than I thought at first with Pip, but then I remembered what a strenuous (laughs) activity shearing was. Flirting is so heavy-handed in Ambridge. 
It's like primary school. I like your hair. Will you kiss me? No, I will not kiss you. You are a smelly bumhole. So, the smelly bumholes all trooped off to the polling station and I'm holding them entirely responsible for the result. Uh, we had a little jaunt to Grey Gables, sans ferrets this time, which made a pleasant change. Montague had an aperitif and Francesca's done something funny to her hair. Nope, me neither. Clary Love decided to wear the sideboard to the wedding. She will have to have the doors taken up, <laughs> but other than that, it's a perfect fit. Caroline and Oliver tried to buy an engagement present for Ed Nemmer, but Ed refused. I bet Emma said, oh, that's right, Ed, you did the right thing, and then gritted her teeth and ripped up the 14-page wish list from Underwood's tracksuit department. So, <laughs> Caroline and Oliver, hang on, if we've got Ed Nemmer, maybe we should have Colliver. Cauliflower. Okay. Cauliflower are going to buy Clary a dress for the wedding. That is actually a very nice thing. But, foolishly, they are asking Susan to tell them Clary's size and favourite colours. Susan will be wearing Burkatex. She won't want the competition and is exactly the sort of woman who will tell Cauliflower she is two sizes bigger than she is and her favourite colour is mushroom. And we ended the week with Joe and Eddie singing songs about cobblers, appropriately enough, and Joe admiring <laughs> Edward's tackle. And then he hauled out a bit of emotional blackmail to try and persuade Ed to ask his loathed brother, who is also coincidentally his fiance's ex-husband, to be his best man. He said he'd think about it. Ed, think about it and then decide that it is the most stupid idea in the history of the world's most stupid ideas and then dismiss it from your tiny mind. The end. Ah, oh, that was quite good this week. Thank you very much. Well done. Those bloody fair brother brothers. I know. Hey bro, yo bro, bro, I'm... yo, bro, bro. <laughs> For God's sake. Yo bro, have you got a yo-yo? <laughs> <laughs> um, so the fair brother we... brothers. Mm. Yo bro. Mm. Yeah, it, it... Until we can discern who's actually who... <laughs> They may as well just which be one actor. Exactly, which one's Rex and which one's Harrison. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, I, I, you know, I suppose this kind of faux bonhomie and uh, broness yeah. is just, you know, smacks as being a little bit kind of... What's this medical thing? Oh, you I said, don't know. bro's having... My bro is having medical checker. Mm. I bet they wear rugby shirts with the collars up, don't they? Oh, uh, <laughs> they really do. Um, and then he said, since his accident... Mm. But no one's, you know, we'll probably find out in about a year and a half that he's got one leg or something and just no one's thought to mention it. What with him only having one ear? What? Um, so, yeah, I, I wish they'd get on and tell us, though. You know, mm. you know the, the names, Rex yes. and, thing. and it, Harrison. And Harrison. <laughs> God, there's two Harrisons. No, you know it's not Harrison, don't you? No, it's Rex Harrison. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Billy Connolly said. Mm when he was working on that um, film with uh, Judy Dench about Queen Victoria. Oh, yeah. Mr. Brown. Yeah. He's Mrs. Brown. Oh, yeah. That was it, it Mrs. Brown. He yeah. said uh, he, his opening gambit to her was Bonnie Prince Charlie, the only monarch ever to be named after three golden retrievers. <laughs> 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 whenever I think of Rex and Toby, I just think of them as boinging, floppy, you know, golden retrievery. Hey, out Types. Ugh. Yes. Not exactly uh, overly full of character yet, mm. but uh, we'll see. Give him a chance. Got to bed in a bit. Someone's mm. trying to bed in with Pip, aren't they? Yeah, which one? I don't know. Exactly. 
Yeah. Um, it's uh, it's quite uncomfortable hearing Pip being flirted with. I found it quite uncomfortable anyway. Why? I don't know. Partly because I, you know, I think of her because I am obviously older than her, and I think of her as a child. Mm. And I think sounding <gasps> the way she sounds, you think of her as a child. Yeah, well, because in my head she is because of you know because I remember her being born for goodness' sake. And uh, you know, I th- and I think get off, get leave her alone. Go, you know, I don't know. It just sounds <laughs> horrible. And I found the Jude storyline. You no, know, I didn't. Until I started talking about this, I didn't realise I thought this. But yes, I do feel quite protective of the younger ones when they suddenly start, you know, having adult feelings. I get all funny about it. God, I'm going to be a nightmare with my children, aren't I? <gasps> if I get like this about fictional people, <laughs> imagine what I'm going to be like when my daughter starts dating. I will kill them all. Mm. Mm. My, my, my little boy, um, 14, a couple of years ago, he uh, said to his mum, Mum, there's a girl in school I like. And your mum says, well, you best tell your dad, because he'll tell you what to do. <laughs> Don't know why she said that. No, neither do but... I, but anyway. <laughs> so he called me up on Skype. Dad, what do I do? I oh. was so sweet. So sweet. And uh, showed me a picture, and he said, and then I walked past her in the, in the hallway, and, you know, what do I do? And, oh, bless him. Uh, I, I, I did have I had such a moment I actually welled up you know Aww. oh it's just like you know sort of growing up you know? yeah mm. well for the first time so far normally if 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 I think my daughter's got you know like we tease each other and, and uh, she if she goes on about somebody on TV I say oh you love him and she goes shut up shut up that was stupid embarrassing why would I do that and then at the um, uh, at the train station, we uh, um, bought a coffee. Well, I bought a coffee for the for the journey. We were going into a meeting or something, and she was coming mm. with me. And um, we left the coffee thing, and she said, "Oh, he was cute." She said about the bloke behind the counter, and I just I froze. I didn't know what to do. <laughs> I thought, "Do I react? Do I not react? What do I do? What do I do?" But she was right. He was very cute, and it was quite nice little mother daughter bonding moment. Aww. But it was the first time she'd done it non-ironically without going, huh, you like him, you know, or any of that. It was just quite, yeah, I can recognise attractiveness in another person and it, you know, it's not a thing. It's fine. Did she, so this, this person she thought was cute, mm. was he kind of nondescript and insipidly white looking? No, he wasn't. And I know where you're going with this. You sad little man. He, <laughs> <laughs> he was about 24 in Italian. So she Ooh. has extremely good taste, I would say. Ah. And like a mother. <laughs> now, anyway. I got uh, just spat tea down my keyboard. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, I reckon we should get on to our calls because we've got a few. We have. Mm. Right, now... Hello, Ambridge 3962. Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Mary, not contrary, in Toronto. I just wanted to share some thoughts and reflections following 
several weeks where we've heard from various Dumpty Dummers that they find it difficult to distinguish between cast members, particularly with some of the newer characters. I'm not actually having that problem and I'm quite surprised to hear such a level of discord around this and I'm trying to work out why this could be and I wondered if it's perhaps that I'm pretty musical, my pitch is pretty good and I'd be interested to hear from some of the other musical listeners, perhaps Jan from Cannes or Claire from Scotland via Canada to see if they experience these problems as well. And I do recall Lucy saying that Harriet from Shambridge sort of finds some of the male voices difficult to distinguish or maybe that's not quite what she said but there was something there about the genericness of their voices and obviously Harriet's just had a baby so we can't comment immediately but at some point when you do have her on maybe we could explore this a little, little sorry explore this a little bit more or maybe I'm overthinking this and it's just something as simple as audio quality if you're listening to the archers on the radio while you're doing the washing up and it's a crappy old radio set then maybe it's not as good as when I'm listening to it with my headphones on in crystal clear podcast um, glory Uh, be interested to hear other people's thoughts on this bye Uh, not contrary who says she doesn't have a problem telling the voices apart I defy you to tell the Fairbrother brothers apart Um, she says she's very musical and she thinks Mm. that helps in hearing different pitch um but i do find i swear it is almost like they're copying each other i can't believe that they have deliberately found actors that sound so similar because it's not i've said this before and i'm going to bang on about it because speech is one of my things so Mm. tough but top new tom and Mm. charlie have exactly the same inflections. They leave the same funny pauses mid-sentence. And it is, whether this is a new acting style that's come out and this crop of sort of early 20s actors, this is how they've all been taught. This is something that they've... Do you remember um, in the 90s when Neighbours first came to the UK and everyone started going up at the end and we had this whole generation of children that had what they call a neighbour's inflection Uh which makes them sound really hesitant whether or not it's something like that and that there's some generational thing coming coming on and and all the actors that are coming into mainstream theatre and and at the the moment have this kind of common way of talking very breathy lots of drops lots of uh big gaps in the in the middle i don't know but it is absolutely extraordinary because the uh the water woman uh big wet rachel sounded exactly like a cross between pip and debbie and it's just it's just straight it's just really odd I'm, i'm 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 thinking am i going mad is no is has nobody on anything else has this been mentioned on 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 feedback or anything i mean you know had is it just me being oversensitive or have has have other do other people not noticing that it's not just they it's not just oh we haven't got used to the voices yet so we don't know who they are but they sound exactly the same to the extent mm. that we're creating like one homogenous archer's actor <laughs> because in the in the in a couple of years ago they used to talk about um the fact that uh, the country actors on the archers, like Will Grundy, sometimes co- seems to come from Yorkshire. Uh, Roy Tucker's a bit 
Birmingham, which is what he should be. Clary's Oxfordshire Cotswolds, which is why she gets confused with um, Pamez, who is from around there. Um, you know, they're all, at, considering they're all born and brought up in Ambridge, they're from all over the country in terms of the sort of origins of their country accents. Um, and they used to call it Mama Set, which is, you know, Mama's being the old word for, for actors. It was just this kind of default generic country yokel mm. voice um but now we've kind of got a mama set of of you know of the of the middle classes it's it's i just find it staggering and something is it's just really weird there must be an explanation there must be so that's a very very long-winded comment on not contraries uh, thing but yeah well well i'm glad you can tell them apart you'll have to tweet everybody and go quick it's so-and-so and now it's so-and-so and now it's so-and-so just so we can all keep up but the Fairbrother brothers are impossible. I mean, I can see why that would be difficult. You couldn't have one who's kind of three, bar- who's three, you know, um, chromatic scales below the other one. Uh, but yeah, it's just very, very odd. Um, yes, I just think it's really weird. Anyway, never mind. Next we have with a spoon. Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling Tossed salads and scrambled eggs Mercy Post-election greetings from Witherspoon and Angus Haggis in New York City to Lucy, Royfield, and Dumpty Dummers around the world So it's true Next week, Royfield and I are going to have the first international summit of Dumpty Dum's new government We waste no time I'll be in Toronto along with 15,000 other psychiatrists for the annual five-day meeting of the American Psychiatric Association. Perhaps I'll wear my new Dumpty Dum t-shirt to the sessions. I did wear it today when Angus' handsome husband and I went for a walk in Washington Square Park. Maybe I imagined it, but I thought I received a few subtle winks and nods of the head in recognition of the shirt. I want to thank Diane, Gattasteva, and others for sharing their thoughts and feelings about Rob in last week's podcast. Your insights were important to hear. We must give credit to the Archer's writers for creating a character who has been both provocative and realistic, and who has served as a springboard for discussion of significant social issues. Once again this past week, we saw Rob manipulating Helen, and as Diane said, Helen being scared of disappointing and losing Rob. Certainly, relationships like Rob and Helen exist for years and years in real life. I know I have treated women in Helen's position and have long used the term gaslighting in therapy, but this being a, quote, contemporary drama in a rural setting, we will have to come to some denouement in the not-too-distant future. On to other characters. While I have always been a member of Team Will, I have great sympathy for Ed this week. It is not Ed's job to fix his relationship with his brother on his marriage altar, and he shouldn't have to worry about making his mother happy on his wedding day. As the late Rick Nelson, who would have turned 75 today, sung in his 1972 hit Garden Party, But it's all right now, I've learned my lesson well. You see, you can't please everyone, so you've got to please yourself. Besides, do you think Emma will be thrilled to turn to her husband-to-be, ready to exchange vows, and see her ex-husband behind him glaring at her? Three other brief points. First, I'm excited to see David turn into Sherlock Holmes as he investigates the mystery of the one-block culvert. What the heck is a culvert anyway? 
Second, I already don't like Toby Fairbrother. We can see it now. Pip's going to have to give up the chance at an international job for him. Didn't she watch the last episode of this season's Girls? I recommend all view it. Finally, enough about the excitement of the voting process. In the words of, Dr. of Star Trek's Dr. McCoy, Damn it, Jim, I'm a doctor, not a political analyst. Finally, congrats to John I on your engagement. I wish you and your future husband all the best. And Royfield, don't forget your passport. I'll see you in Toronto. And I'll even buy you a pint. But Lucy, don't lament. I still may be coming to London this summer. Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling Tossed salads and scrambled eggs Mercy What do you say then? It's a <laughs> uh, he's looking forward to your international summit For new yay, government Yay, yay, yay Do you realise, Royford, you are going to be in a town With 15,000 psych- uh, psychiatrists 15,000 oh, 15, psychiatrists are all going mm. to descend on Toronto When you're there mm-hmm. You are going to be like some kind of freak show for them <laughs> They're gonna love it. Every all your little weird ticks will be commented on. You're so what am I going to be? Talks. I'm going to be trotted out on stage, am I? Yeah. No, they'll just be following you around with notebooks. Mm. Going, why would he do that? Um. Yes, the de- I agree. The denouement for for Rob and Helen cannot come fast enough for me now. Although I don't want anyone to get hurt, but I reckon mm. that in true. In true kind of um, subtle, in the following the sort of the subtle path that this this storyline has gone, uh-huh. I think that it's going to be Rob blocking up the culvert that is going to catch him out. Because he, I realised yesterday, oh sorry, we're not supposed to talk about Sunday, but something happened yesterday uh-huh. that made me think... He's now like he's now trying to control so many people. He can't. Someone's going to crack. He can't possibly. Someone's either going to be brave enough, and it will be David. Uh, he can't possibly control all the people he's trying to control. He cannot squash down everybody, and that's what he's trying to do. And the more he's discovered, the more panicky he will get, and that will, as we've said before, that will lead to the the. Um, uh, you know, the horrible recklessness where he will do something uh, physical um, and something dramatic. But uh, yes, he's just, he's set up a situation where everybody, he, he's he got the reins and he is desperately trying to rein everybody back. And you can't, you can do that to one or two people if they're carefully handpicked as Helen was but you can't do that to everybody and I think what's going to happen is um, you know Captain Culvert David will uh, will will be the one that says no Rob I'm not having that you know you 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 risked the entire village and then there will be an awful scene where where poor Helen has to choose I would suggest Lucy <sighs> yeah Lucy for us urbanites, which mm. is like 95%. Are you going to ask me what a culvert is? Thank you. Well, Witherspoons asked me what a culvert is. A culvert is a small animal with a spoon. It's a bit like a badger. <laughs> and in England, uh, we eat it on the third Sunday after Septuagesima, love. But yes, it's, it's, it's quite common. If you come here, you'll see loads of them scampering around. Yes. Now, can you now tell us what a culvert is? <clears throat> it's a ditchy thing, like a drainage ditch. 
That's exciting, isn't it? Right, and why possibly would one have been blocked? Why would you do that? I don't know. I don't think I know enough about them. Well, I definitely don't know enough about them to know why you would uh, Do you think one. they're qualified to be doing this podcast? Because <laughs> you're supposed to be your rural affairs. Sorry. You do know, you know what? I'm going to Google why would you block a culvert and I bet you it. <laughs> bet you anything, someone else has already Googled that. Why would you block a culvert? Um... No, I can't. My phone's not working. Uh, uh, but yeah, no, probably. Considering this word's been banded around for several million episodes and we still... Yeah, look. What are culverts and what happens when they are blocked? Engineering channels which maintain water flow. da de da de da de da Ah, if the culvert is blocked or even partially blocked, the flow of water is restricted, which means that he would be blocking it to prevent, uh, uh, to prevent, because what he was worried about was that uh, if there was a flood, the cow cubicles would be damaged. They would be flooded and he would have to move all the cows out of Barrow Farm or move them further up. So to prevent that happening, he blocked the culvert so the water couldn't get through at all thus diverting it elsewhere and therefore causing overspill elsewhere i.e. Mm. the whacking great flood I mean he didn't cause all the flood obviously even Rob's not in charge of the bloody rain but you know by blocking up Rob's evil enough though isn't he? yeah by deliberately blocking the the culvert he would protect his bit but cause havoc further down mm. because it would overspill is that your mm. stomach rumbling? <laughs> no <laughs> Sorry. Well, it was. I heard it. You wait till you, you listen back. <laughs> you, heard, you heard something else rumble, weren't my tum? <laughs> uh, I don't know if that's. Well, that was clear, but I'm still puzzled as to what. Okay, so there was a certain amount of precipitation before the flood. Yeah. And he thought too much of getting into my cubicles. Yeah. So he blocked it already. No, he, he he knew that his cubicles would be at risk if if the culvert overspilled. So he blocked it completely so none of the water could get into that side of the channel. So he blocked okay. it so the water would be diverted and go down instead. Mm. Alright, so uh, you know what we need? We need an agricultural consultant. Correspondent. We, yes. do, we need our very own agricultural <laughs> Who's that farmer? Where's that oh, farmer? Yeah. But he does chickens. Nick Tobin. He does but chickens, he's... though. He might know about yeah. culverts. Nick. Yeah. Tell us about culverts. You yeah, can be our culvert do. correspondent. Mm, we need one of those. Yeah. All right, smashing. So now we've got all that cleared up. Um, why don't we crack on with uh, Kirsty Dingwall? Now, Kirsty, well done. First time caller in a row. And she's also bought some of our merch. Ooh. Thank you, Kirsty. Hello, it's Katie Dingle here. I'm a first-time caller in error. I just phoned in to say how much I've been enjoying Lucy's amateur psychoanalysis of Robin Helen and Alistair and Sheila's relationship. I think she's got it spot on, and there's obviously a second career calling there. I think, absolutely, Sheila is desperately trying to find or set herself up so that she can say that Alistair isn't interested in her anymore, and it lets her, gives her free reign to run off with whoever she wants. Having said that, I think 
Sheila is the most enormous pain in the arse, but Alistair could be making a little bit more of an effort to notice her and pay her some attention and um, look at her new dresses and things, even if she is terribly dull. It's been lovely hearing Nick again. Um, It'd be great if we can have some more of her in the next few weeks, and obviously if she could come in for an interview, that would be very nice. I presume that we will with the the upcoming wedding, Um, and particularly if, if Will ends up as as being best man. I have to say, I, I think that's ridiculous and I don't know what Clary's thinking. I mean, I know that she wants to keep her family together and everything, but it doesn't seem entirely unreasonable to not really want your best man to have slept with the bride. I don't think that's really normal behaviour, is it? So hopefully he'll, Ed will put his foot down about that. Um, anyway, that was all. Um, keep up the good work. I love the podcast. Um, and that's all. See you. Now, she says that you have nailed uh, the Shula and Alistair thing. She says you is uh, very perceptive and you're a bit of a relationship guru because <laughs> you understand these things. She well. says some other stuff as well. But um, So why don't you just bask in that kind of glory? And, and, basky, and, um, basky, basky, basky. Mm. Thank you very much, Kirsty. Um, yes, I find Shula very irritating so I think that you tend to uh, sort of um, go further into people's motives when you're irritated by them than when you like them. Uh, but yes, I feel quite sorry for Alistair. I really do at the minute, actually. I'm sure something will come out that he's, you know, rogering someone else or he's, you know, uh, betting on flies crawling down windows or something like that. But um, <laughs> I do feel sorry for him because it does feel as if he is being absolutely set up to fail. Yeah. And yeah, that's mm. really, really unpleasant situation to be in and bewildering as well. She also said it's totally unreasonable to think that Ed would want Will to be his I know. best man. And that's the... I, I'm so angry with Joe, actually. I just think that's so tactless. For a start, what about Emma? Yeah, as, exactly. as Witherspoon said, she's not going to want to turn around and see Ed, Will it Will glaring at her. The last time she was in that place, in that position, she mm. was marrying someone who's then going to be standing there as the best. It's just ludicrous. And Joe's mm. an idiot. I mean, I know he has this lovely fantasy of all the boys getting on and all oh, your mother would like it and everything, but she'd only like it if there's not a massive brawl in the church, which there probably will be. Mm. It's not fair. It's Ed and Emma's wedding. It's not... It's not... You can't use someone else's occasion to you know to sort of heal the family is outside of that it's because they're going to look back on that and if anything negative happens that is what they'll remember Mm. and you can't expect will to behave like anything other than a dick because he is a dick so you know he's not gonna (laughs) behave himself is he i thought is you tell me that will's name's richard (laughs) another one will's name was william (laughs) (laughs) you know what i mean though it's just not Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. On. It's not uh, on. Nah, it is all very peculiar. Very peculiar. Um, right, so, um, who's next, Lucy? Uh, dusty Substances. Oh, me dusty. Hello, it's Dusty Substance here, the wrong sort of listener. Um, I haven't forgotten all about you. Life's just been a bit chaotic, uh, so I've been a bit out of the loop. But I wanted to say how much I just enjoyed the May Bank Holiday uh, episode. It was absolutely perfect. My wonderful, wonderful Kenton being awesomely crabby with Dave. And for once, Jill being sympathetic, which is not like Jill with Kenton, really. He usually gets a bit of a short straw with everybody. Uh, Lindy Box. Oh, adore Lindy Box. Um, and she realises that all the best people don't like a dressed salmon. And I think she's better off doing the other Uh, I think, was it baked brie or something? That sounds much nicer. Uh, And there was lots of references to the maypole, and I really hate it in the years when we don't get any of those. Um, And most glorious of all was the Button family having wonderful revenge on Mia, who's, who's probably only about three. Why is she being Queen of the May? I thought Queens of the May were teenagers. Uh, maybe I've just seen the wrong black and white footage. But anyway, well done, Buttons. Uh, getting that crown into the hedgerow was a, a masterstroke. Uh, I really thought Shula was going to fall in the pond when she was raking about. That was a missed opportunity. But never mind. Otherwise, it was just wonderful. It does set the bar rather high for the next bank holiday, which is something like three weeks' time, isn't it, or four weeks' time? So, but I'm hoping for the best. You never know. So uh, thank you to uh, Kerry Davis for a cracking episode. And love to everyone at Dumpty Dum. I've missed you and uh, I'm glad to be back. Bye. Um, she was. She very much enjoyed the fate with the button girls lobbing the crown into the hedgerow. Um and having temper tantrums because they weren't allowed to be Queen of the May. Yes, I thought Queens of the May were teenagers too because it is a festival about uh, fertility and spring and ripening and basically it's a big festival of puberty. (laughs) Um, So yes, having a toddler as Queen of the May is a little bit odd, I agree. Uh, Yes, that's it really. Mm, I wonder if the button... Do you think the button girls are ever going to speak? No, they can't ever, ever, now, can they? Maybe when the show has its hundredth anniversary, then they'll trot along. Which who then would be a dame? Which young actor? Serena and Venus Williams. 
as the button girls. Wouldn't that be genius? <laughs> Someone suggested you be on it. Did you hear yesterday on the Twitters? Well, I read on the Twitters. Yes, sorry. Uh, yeah, because they said this, it, you know, it would be your reward because the podcast takes so much effort. You ought to actually be on it. I think that's very good. Well, I think we might have burnt our bridges with uh, the powers that be. <laughs> and also, also, you'd have to spend the whole time going, I is black, otherwise nobody would know, which would... Because <laughs> she said, you know, it's about time we had somebody somebody uh, black on there, somebody of colour apart from Usha. I'm not going to be a token. Sorry. Put me in a little box. I'm a waitress token, I am. <laughs> Hello, Dumpty Dummy. It's Yokel Bear here, calling from the wilds of Wiltshire. Got a bit of a toothache at the moment, and the painkillers I've got are a little bit trippy. So, if I start singing Pink Floyd songs or telling everyone that I love them, just go with it. Um, so, the Archers. Been playing a little bit of fantasy plotline in my head um, this week, inspired by the general election. And by the way, didn't like the results of that one a little bit. Boo, hiss. Um, but could you imagine? I think there's a good script line in there becoming a vacancy at Bullshitshire Council and David stands because he wants to kind of, you know, influence the road coming and everything. Um, but I bet it's standard UKIP, because I don't know about you, but he smacks a UKIP. You know, I just you, you can just tell, can't you? Um, but I think an interesting plotline would be, what if Linda Snell stood as an opponent, you know, stood against him? Um, a rival campaign. I mean, Linda would win, obviously. I mean, it goes without saying. But it'd be like the casual vacancy, but without you know the misery and all that so you know i think these plot lines could be good you know is i think this is you know whatever but then again it could just be the painkillers all right then i'm going back to well trying to get rid of my toothache all right and bye what's up with his teeth um his teeth are hurting him so he's taking lots of drugs oh and that's making him delirious so he's starting to fantasize um, and I couldn't quite get a sense out of his fantasies. Um, <laughs> and we talked about some stuff, but generally he liked things. Good. Well, as long as he's in a drug fueled haze and he's happy, that's all that can ask. And it certainly adds a, an added element of surrealism to the archers. I think if they're going to introduce two characters that are brothers and indistinguishable and call them the Fair Brothers, then, you know, you'd probably need pharmacy drugs to cope with it I would imagine I don't know that there were pharmacy drugs ah probably like uh, those kind of ketamine or something for another <laughs> <run>. <laughs> that's a horse tranquilizer, isn't it ketamine mm. hmm hmm yes oh and it was Emily Thomas Emily Thomas who said that I, I should uh, have a, a cameo on the ah. arches I like Emily yes Emily, would you like to be one of, one of the Wonder Women? We haven't talked about the Wonder Women for quite some time. No. Yes, I'm she's... sure she would. I'm answering mm. for her. She's nodding. I can see. Oh. Yeah. Cool. Um, who else we got, Luce? That's it. Good heavens. I know. Whew. You know it, what? It's because I... we only got the last episode up. <laughs> 
Friday, up. and now we're recording another one. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> it's like buses, you wait for ages, and three all come along at once. <laughs> Alright then, so, um, it's that time of the show where I say, why don't we take five, and then I witter on about the fact that it's never five minutes. And I I'd normally say it's something like it's 180 seconds, but it's not, not even that, it's much shorter. I reckon it's about 120 seconds. So, why don't we take 120 seconds, Camp coffee is on the boil. Uh, what are you going to do with the 120 seconds, Lucy? I'm going to finish my tea. Okay, cool. Is it kind of like tepid? Yeah. Mm, yeah. Don't like tepid tea. No. I don't even like hot tea. Don't you? Nah, nah. I used to really love tea as a kid mm. and uh, have it with like with two proper, proper teaspoons of sugar. So it's properly sweet, proper West Indian style. Right. But, mm, as I've got older, I just like, you know, the sugar, the amount of sugar I had was like less in it. And then I just went off the thing. Mm. My friend in Manchester, she was weaned on tea. Mm. Irish family in Manchester. And she used to sit on the back of her mum's bike and drink tea out of, she can remember when she was like uh, two, sitting on mm. the back of her mum's bike, clinging on for dear life, uh, drinking tea out of a bottle, baby bottle. Wow. Isn't that amazing? You'd never, ever do that now. <laughs> Probably didn't do any harm, though, did it? But she still has tea. Out of, a, mil- ba- out of a baby bottle. <laughs> no, like I call it baby tea. It's like milk that's had a tea bag waved somewhere near it. And I think there's something, you know, it's just a... It's it's how she can't, she can't ever have it any different now because that's what she was, you know, weaned on. Very odd. Mm, very odd indeed. We used to have um, kind of like uh, that, when I, was it sterilised milk? UHT milk? Oh, horrible, horrible. That's disgusting. And it's then, kind of almost blue. Oh, yeah. Horrible. And then my grandma and grandpa used to have that condensed sweetened milk as well. Oh. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, but I tell you, as, as a kid, you have that condensed sweetened milk on mm. its own. Oh. Yeah. It's like elixir of the gods. It's like Especially s- when you have it with tin mandarin oranges. Good heavens. When you really? have when you yeah, when you have um, fruit and cream. when they on a Sunday when you've been out and there isn't a pudding and mm. you say, What's for pudding? And your mum looks a bit panicky and rushes off into the <laughs> kitchen. That's what you end up with. Because it's Sunday, we always have a pudding on Sunday, don't we? And then you end up with mandarin <laughs> oranges with, with evaporated milk poured over the top. But it all splits. It separates because it sort of curdles. So you mm, get little yeah. blobby bits of... Oh, it's very strange, but it's taste of childhood, that is. Mm. You know what? I what? think that's a really, really, really good thing to get people to call in with. Emer- emergency desserts. <laughs> oh, we used to have... My mum was really good at emergency puddings. We used to have jam puff omelette. What? Uh, it's an omelette with jam, basically. And uh, that's yeah. all wrong. No, it's lovely. Sell it was this sort of salty. Me. It was kind of salty with jam, and it would have crispy bits, crispy, crunchy bits. It was lovely. What? Jam- yeah. Oh God! Please, someone else have had jam puff omelette so that I don't. No. Royford doesn't. Just uh, no one's ever had up. that. I have had that, and my sister has had that, and my mum has had that. So Other yeah, than yeah, your yeah, weird yeah. family, I mean. <laughs> my weird family. What else do we have? Uh, baked banana. If you put rum banana, especially at the end of a barbecue, if you wrap um, a banana up in tinfoil mm. and have rum in it, sprinkled in it and brown sugar and you bake it, it's yummy. 
Good heavens. What was your uh, emergency pudding? Uh, one of those treacle ones out of a tin that, <laughs> like, that you microwave in about a minute. But no, but do you remember, do you know the ones I mean though? Yeah. So it's in the tin and then before microwaves were invented, because we can all remember that time, unless you're like Jembe Archibald and you can't remember a time before a microwave. But you had to boil it in a pan, didn't you? Mm-hmm. And that was like the longest 10 minutes, however yeah. long it took in Is it history. done yet? Is it done yet? Is it done yet? Oh, <laughs> God. And then the label can, would come off the tin, you know, and it's getting hotter and hotter. Oh, that's the most gorgeous thing. Oh, and then we have it with some custard. Mm. Steam treacle pudding is my little boy's absolute favourite pudding. And whenever I say to him, what do you want for tea? He says, steam treacle pudding! For <laughs> 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 whatever, you know, breakfast, anything. He's ever hopeful. That somehow I'm going to knock up. What do you mean up. for breakfast? So you say to your son at breakfast, what do you want for pudding? No, I don't. I say, what do you want for breakfast? And quite often, just on the off chance, he'll say oh. steam treacle pudding in the hope that I'm suddenly going to produce one. Mm. So that, that is what I love about this show. Because who would have thought we'd have talked about, we were going to plan to talk about emergency <laughs> puddings at the start of the show. So please, please, please feel free to tweet email semaphore or whatever or facebook us with your emergency puddings and uh, because i think that uh, you probably help a lot of people one. out go on when I, no when i was a nanny i used to look after some children obviously because that was my job and um <laughs> <coughs> they wouldn't let me just be a nanny just muck around without looking after kids and uh as an emergency pudding or mm. if they were very good they would say please 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 can we have sweets in a cup and that was their that was their special treat and it just became one of those ritual things if you gave them sweets loose if you gave them sweets in a bowl it wasn't the same it had to, and it had to be the plastic uh, the plastic orange cups with the handles oh, and, and it was sweet. sweets in a cup and and they'd have like five sweets and they would behave as if i had cooked them you know the sort of a michelin starred dinner <laughs> amazing sweets in but, a cup was this when you were abroad <laughs> uh yes where were you abroad? Was it Switzerland? Yes. Ah. Mm. That is what... I just that's figured out. That's the reason why you can speak all these different languages, because they speak everything in Switzerland, don't they? They do, yeah. So you kind of absorb it, because everything on every packet, every instruction for everything, is written in French, German and Italian. So you kind of absorb it without meaning to, and or without knowing you are. It's a very mm. good place to go, actually, to kind of get children introduced in language because you can compare everything really really quickly because you can see exactly how you would say that you know you, you know one sentence and then you figure out the other two so it's really helpful and then you watch Italian TV because German TV is so terrible and you watch all these terrible uh, soap operas where people are crying and threatening each other with shotguns all the time and uh, watch Happy Days <laughs> in French and you'll be interested to hear that hey is exactly the same in French, German and Italian and um, uh, what else did I do uh, yeah and then you speak Swiss German which mm. isn't like any language on earth so yeah you kind of you, it's a bit like a total immersion thing really remember a few weeks ago I talked about parks and recreation yes and you really 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 should watch it it's, I know I it's, it's, it's all it's, on, my, it's on my list it is just bit it's um They've done seven seasons and it is just the most glorious thing. And uh, but Henry Winkler, the Bonds. Oh really? He was on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um I I'm on season 
five and uh, halfway through season five and he's the father of two ridiculous characters uh, who are just like bizarre and um, he's trying to uh, he's, he's setting up a, uh, a rival shop to, to rent a swag and uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's just absolutely brilliant but yeah it's the funds yeah it's very cool very cool anyway um, so now we've spoken for about five minutes let's take those 120 seconds <laughs> Fancy getting your mouth around something warm? Something comforting you can really get a firm grip on? Why not buy a Dumpty Dum mug from the shop at dumptydum.com? Goes down lovely. Um, my name is Kate. My name's Joe. My name's Nicola. My name is Suzanne Hakimi. My name is Mary Parkinson. I'm in Hope House as a client. Um, I have had addiction issues um, throughout my has, life, um, um, including an eating disorder, heroin, crack, um, addiction drink, to drugs, methadone, and alcohol. I'm here because it got really bad. Coming soon to iTunes, 1001 Conversations, a new podcast from Royfield Brown. Good day, everyone. Millie Bell here with our Facebook Roundup. Sarah Holt in Ambridge Addicts said, Oh gosh, yes. I'm sure Emma would love her ex-husband to be the best man at her wedding to his brother. There was a lovely uh, response from Nick Lucas on Artist Appreciation Group uh, from in reference to Eddie and Joe offering to sing at the wedding. Great consternation in the folk music world. Hmm. In spite of extensive research, can't seem to find the words to the Borchester cobbler or the fair maid eventually. Tom Forrest in Artist Appreciation said, and let's guess this isn't the real Tom Forrest, I look forward to seeing you in action. Crumbs, you can hear Pip ovulating. To which Roger Tilbury responded, Verily, thine artist becomes a Shakespearean with the Brothers Fair. Toby or not Toby? That is the question. <laughs> Uh, Tim Porter in Upstairs at the Ball said a couple of comments in relation to the background music in Thursday's episode. During the rather obvious flirting between Pip and Toby, the Arctic Monkeys classic I Bet That You Look Good on the Dance Floor was playing. Definitely a case of the scriptwriters giving us a glimpse at the commonality of thought between the love-struck duo. Dance floor certainly a metaphor in this case. A dance metaphor? However, next up was ACDC's Highway to Hell. Hopefully not a sign as to where this impending relationship is headed. What really interested that I found that fairly interesting, but what also interested uh, me was that Kerry Davis responded and was said that he was glad that we noticed. So I have often wondered, because the music always seems very well placed, and I, I now think that the scriptwriters are even smarter than I originally thought. I noticed that there's also a bit of a push now to uh, try to somehow get uh, the scriptwriters to wangle in Rush. So uh, we'll see if that happens and then we'll know that we have the ear of the scriptwriters. I actually did have to make a bit of reference because I was expecting someone to say this on one of the uh, Facebook sites and nobody did. But I was really, really surprised by a popular reference from Joe Grundy. So I asked the question, Joe Grundy referring to Russell Brand, have I died and gone to heaven? To which Stuart Arendale replied, no, 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 yes. Again, I don't know why these things tickle me so much, but they do. We then asked, what storyline do we predict for the Fairbrothers? They just don't seem to be cut from the same cloth. 
And we had a few responses to that. Uh, Valerie suggests Valerie Bayliss said perhaps Lizzie will have a wild affair and then discover one of them is her long-lost son, who she conveniently forgot she had. Freddie will shoot them both, and then we will discover a hideously disfigured Nigel living in the attic, who will take responsibility so that his son goes free. Jill will make a cup of tea in a casserole, while everyone else buries them under the patio, and Scruff will return to dig them up. Scruff! Will we never hear the end of Scruff? I think they need to either tidy this up, or we just need to accept on Facebook that he's not coming back. Thank you, Miss Bell. Uh, Luce. Yes. Why don't you hit us with some tweets of the last seven days? Okay. Uh, Mrs. Bentos said we were talking about how difficult it was to tell the Fairbrother brothers apart. She said, no, it's easy. Rex is the rugby playing toff. Toby is the rugby playing lecherous toff. <laughs> right. Okay. Thank you for that. Clearing that up. Uh, Rose Taylor on a similar theme suggested, mm. call them treks and make pastry. Um, Trex is what you use to make pastry, Roy, in case you didn't know. Uh, Jane Lowe. I thought you just got a hired hand for that. (laughs) Jane Lowe said, uh, Archer brothers are amateurs. Look to the Grundy boys for proper simmering resentment. That's true, yes. Oh, that's very true. (laughs) Yep. Mm. Um, If we had any ham, said, this is why you shouldn't get married. Family turned blackmailers and suddenly your hated brother is your best man and two idiots are singing. (laughs) Yes, absolutely true. Um, This is quite... Those of a sensitive disposition, block your ears up now. Mel Parker said, I still think Scruff is blocking the culvert. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Mel. And Tweet of the Week. This is his second time as Tweet of the Week, actually. He's very funny. Pie and a pint. um, Who uh, followed up Joe and Eddie's frankly appalling folk singing with... Followed by that bawdy old favourite, the ballad of Widow Pargeter and the Deputy Events Manager. <laughs> it's very good. <laughs> I didn't think their singing was bad. I quite liked it. No, but... I, I remember a very, very old joke on some show in the 80s when they said uh, the reason why folk singers put their fingers in their ears when they sing is to stop people pouring poison into it. Um, it's just I have a, I have a horror of folk singing. I'm sure it was very good for what it was, but it's, it was what it was that was the problem. There's a podcast uh, called Born Yesterday by a guy called Joey Brunel, and he's absolutely brilliant storyteller. And the last podcast, he's, he puts them out kind of infrequently, and it's called kind of Born Yesterday because you, it's always kind of like the kind of weird underbelly of kind of bits of history and stories. So like there's the Emperor of uh, the Emperor of America. This guy used to wander around San Francisco, who called himself the Emperor and the, and the Monarch of, uh, of America. And everybody in San Francisco, like he's born about but the 1880s, kind of loved him, and uh, of course he died a pauper. And um, kind of lovely little stories like that. His last show was actually about sea shanties. All right. And how they um, kind of came about. And they came about quite late on, really. Got really popular in like the 1820s, about the 1880s, before you got proper mechanised kind of ship travel. Mm. It's like the the high... It's kind of like the when the power of sail was kind of at its height because it's all about doing the rigging 
and r- rhythmically yeah. pulling in uh, the rigging, etc. Yeah. And you sang these shanties to do a thing in time. And that's what it reminded me of, listening to them yeah. singing. They were singing sea shanties, in effect. But a lot of that is, is agricultural folk songs were to do with the same thing. Mm. Were to do with chucking hay ricks up onto, ch- chucking bales up onto um, uh, hay ricks and uh, picking fruit, picking vegetables, pulling up potatoes, all that sort of thing. Uh, was all had to be rhythmic because you all had to be going at the same time. Makes sense, doesn't it? Yep. Absolutely makes sense. The things that people learn from our show. Culverts, I know. Sea shanties. Jump off omelette. That sounds all manner of wrong. <laughs> all manner of wrong. <laughs> but folks, don't forget, we need your emergency puddings. And uh, and that'd be very good for next week. So please yeah, feel free to in. send us in any as well with custard. Mm. Yeah. Uh, what do you think this is? Test mat special. So, <laughs> I can see a pigeon flapping down the Edgware Road. <laughs> You're still awake, Richie. Oh, poor old Richie. Oh, you know what? Right. Yes. If we were to take that tradition on and people mm. to send us cakes, mm. bakers' cakes, that'd be bloody fantastic. It would. They won't do it though. Last I don't week. know. I've got, I've got every faith in Jan from Can. <laughs> I'm gonna get Jan Mitchell. Don't Canada. let us down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, guess what, Lucy? What? On Saturday, I happened to be in Brighton, taking mm. in the sun and the sea, mm. and I had a little message because I, I tweeted out that I'm, I was in Brighton, and I had a little message from Angela Neagle mm. that she was there with. Emma Edwards. So I met up with two Dumpty Dummers um, in a Costa in Churchill Square in Brighton. It was ah. very lovely. Yeah. And there's a little picture of us on the Facebook. Oh. But it's actually on my Facebook, but I'm going to put it on Dumpty Dum's Facebook and I will tweet it as well. Good. We had a lovely time. They're, they're wonderful women. And that what they do, they're, they're nurses. Yeah. And they meet up with a group of other nurses uh once a month once every six weeks around the uk so um they were in brighton this time but they are planning to meet up in birmingham in september and they met somewhere else whenever else but as well as being um wondrous uh backbones of the nhs and of the health system uh they also take their goodness abroad and emma is going to be doing some voluntary work in kenya or kenya as as you'd say (laughs) Uh, and she does that every year and they kind of travel around the world and do volunteering work and they're just they're absolutely brilliant and i got a coffee bought for me and everything and they patted me on the head and then (laughs) then after about an hour they said okay we've had enough of you now we need to keep shopping so go away (laughs) but (laughs) but they're absolutely lovely and it was just really nice to bump it bumping into some archers and dum dum listeners that's cool yeah so thank you ladies and on that note i think we should wrap things up and hit everybody with some shop news I'm, my breath is baited good that's probably a drinking that tea first thing in the morning <laughs> so it does to your breath um right shop news folks yes this is a section where we tell you which dum-de-dum has bought what Vicky Berry, who is obviously a Lillian fan. Because she's purchased not only a Lillian t-shirt, but also some splash of gin mugs. Now you can join her by buying some of our merch and heading over to dumptydum.com forward slash shop. So go there and buy some stuff. 
Now, oof, it's that time, top of the shop. News, reviews, reviews, reviews. I said that the wrong way around, you know what I meant. Now, we've got two brand new fresh ones in the UK iTunes store. Mr. Nickel, whose favourite time of the week is Dumpty Dum Time. And Deep Space Object, who thinks we are eclectic. Thank you for your reviews, people. And remember, we are now only 14 short of the big 200. So let's get us there. And then I'll never mention this section ever again until I want to. And then I'll mention it again. All right, so (laughs) smashing. Uh, Now. What an incentive that is, Roy. (laughs) um, hmm. How many different kind of members clubs do we have, Lucy? Uh, well, we have the uh, the cabinet office, don't we? And we have the Johns, mm-hmm. the Order of the Johns, mm. and we may well have the Emergency Pudding Club. I don't know. <laughs> you've got then you've got your posse. Yep, the pussy too, posse. Well, and you you've can got say that the Wonder mm. Women. Mm. But it's more of no, no, no. no. We've decentralised kind of leadership. Uh, so it's not mine. Have we got a splinter group? <laughs> no. <laughs> no it's Have not we now got the mine. paramilitary wing of the, oh. the Wonder Women? That's what's worrying me. <laughs> but we've... It's, it's... I think it's lovely that we have all these kind of... Yes, you know, these schisms within uh, the Archer's <laughs> listenership. And I'm just worried about the, the Order of John Archer. I am worried about it because... Um, every week we can't say call in if you're a John but I, I, I find it hard to believe there's only four listeners called John or do you think there's others but they're shy exactly so we need those shy Johns to come out come out of your closet <laughs> and bask in your Johnness and we will award you the it order makes of... Me, I'm not, you know, just shy Johns just makes me think of American television and prostitutes. I'm not sure that should... <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> so, shy Johns, please come out of, of your hiding place. Stop lurking. Come out into the full glare of the sunshine and take your order of John Archer. Email into us. Tell us that you're a John. Prove it by having John in your email address somewhere and you'll be knighted John the 5th. And John the 1st, 2nd, 3rd and 4th can all tell you how much their lives have changed since being bestowed with this prestigious title. Now, good listener, we would like to thank you. Uh, for not donating to us, but for instead donating to the people of Nepal because we didn't get any this week. Good. No, I don't think you still should be donating to Dum to Dum. I feel terrible saying yeah. that. Uh, yeah. No, so, don't just give it to them. Give it yes, to them. give, give, give it, to them. it to them for another couple yeah. of weeks, and yeah. then um, then maybe think about giving us some. Yeah. All right. Uh, now, did Nasha do your Patreon? Okay, but if you wanted to. You can also... No, you made me do the bad bit, so I look like a grasping old cow. You can also go to <laughs> patreon.com, search for Dumpty Dum, and you can donate $2 a show, which is about pound thirty. And this week, Barbara Wiseman has joined the merry band of patrons. So thank, thank you, Barbara. You Barbara. Thank you, uh, That's it. Uh, remember, 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 you can also send us a voice message via the site uh because uh without it uh there's no caller in us and we like caller in us because they're great and uh they have the accolade of being a caller in 
so and it's uh, the show with the caller in that's what dum dum is a caller in or a show so do you know we in. hand out honours more often than the conservative government just before election time <laughs> don't we <laughs> it's amazing <laughs> how much money did uh, Yokel Bear donate to our election coffers I don't know hmm do you, well, do you, do you mean he bought his way in to be exactly, Secretary of State? I exactly. See, I see. Mm. Yeah. But I, we've, for two old lefties, mm. we've managed to go the whole show without talking about the election result. Yeah. Mm. Which is probably quite good. Yeah. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, you can call, also call us um, on 0203-031-3105 from a phone phone type thing which you can phone people on if you can't use our website which has a big red button which says leave a message or something or another um and then you can like ping us an email via our site if you go on there and hit contact us it contacts us and you can just like type stuff because people use that facility and it's quite good or you can tweet me on the twitters where i'm at royfield that's r-o-i for india f-i-e-l-d or me at lucy v freeman or the pair of us where we're at dum-de-dum so please, please, please keep those reviews coming because we want to be top of the podcast charts before Ed asks Clive Horribin to be his maid of honour. <laughs> Where is Clive Horribin now? Is he still in Nick? Yeah, I think so. Best place for him. Um, He's a bit like Nick Cotton, isn't he? Yeah. He just, mm. he just returns when the action needs to be pushed on a little bit. Yeah. He's yeah. just, yeah. Orid, orid, orid. Yeah. We've got this uh, friend of ours who looks, looks just like Nick Cotton. Really? Yeah, poor bloke. Yeah, he gets stopped I'm hoping all it is a time. bloke. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, really poor bloke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he gets stopped all the time. People say, you're that bloke from East End. He says, no, I'm not. He sort of says, he says, just shakes his head all the time. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. We'll, we'll stand the street. Nope. Nope. <laughs> God, poor guy. Mm. But he's supposed to have lost loads of weight now. So, and um, he's doing some Iron Man thing where they, you know, they run and they ride and they uh, swim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's Who? Dropped. Nick Cotton is or your friend? No, is? my friend. His name's Dick. Is it? Mm. Mm. Right. Yeah. So I haven't seen him since he's supposed to have lost all this weight. And people say, oh, God, have you seen him? He's lost all this weight. And I says, really? He's lost all that weight? And they go, yeah, Skinny he's Dick. lost lots of weight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Skinny Dick is about to do some Iron Man thing. So well done with that, and I hope you do really well. Right, so <clears throat> clear my throat. And you know what I'm going to do? What? I'm going to get half an hour's worth of more kip. I'm half an hour? Bed. It's hardly worth it. You'll just wake up being feeling all sleep hungover. It's really weird. Nah, I'm going back to bed. It's seven o'clock, going back to bed. Because uh, there's no need for me to be up this early. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. 
United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. <laughs> 